Myself Chakras, episode 121. I hear it a lot on my team at Yoga Healer, and it's whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Taker? AJ here, and you are listening to My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive into the past and bring back nuggets of powerful information, then dust it off with the power of science and research and then present it to you in a way that's simple and actionable. Action Tribe, as you guys know, I'm always looking for ways to serve you. And every time I speak into this mic, I imagine that you're in front of me and that we're having a three-way conversation. Our featured guest, you and me. And I really want to connect with each and every one of you personally. So in case you're loving the show, you're loving the guests that we bring on the show, or you're loving the experience, you're getting some benefit from the content that we share, then send out a tweet, Instagram post or Facebook post with the hashtag My7Chakras. I repeat, give me a shout out and tell me what you like about our show specifically with the hashtag My7Chakras. I look forward to connecting with you on social and realizing how big Action Tribe really is. And with that, we are ready to have and to bring on our super special guest for today, Kate Stillman. So Kate, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am ready to inspire. Awesome. So Kate Stillman founded Yoga Healer in 2001, which is a progressive global online Ayurveda resource, which is an informative blog and podcast for yoga healers worldwide. Yogahealer.com offers courses, books and events in a practical yet progressive series for community health evolution. She's the author of the Amazon bestselling book, Body Thrive, up-level your body and your life with 10 habits from Ayurveda and yoga. Kate also founded a new career path for yoga teachers with her yoga health coaching certification program. So Kate, I've given our listeners a short glimpse into your life, but take about a minute and tell us a bit more. I came into being a healer and a yoga teacher actually via via climate change, politics and global warming, politics and economics. I was really looking at how do humans become smarter so that we uh, live in harmony with ourselves and with the planet. And that actually brought me then later into Ayurveda and yoga. And so I really have that as part of my core values that everything we do at Yoga Healer is to is to really unite the personal and planetary thrive to get us out of our, you know, just our I, me, my and into the bigger picture of what's going on and the potentiality of our life. Wonderful. I can't wait to learn more. Now, the first few minutes of every show are dedicated to an inspirational quote so that no matter what we are doing right now, whether we're going to work or at home or somewhere outdoors, we come back to the here and now. We get inspired and be ready for the amazing stories and some of the advice that you're going to share with us. Sound like a plan? That sounds great. Great. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And tell us how you apply this quote in your life. Yeah, well, I have, you know, I I feel it's like our quote of this period of time. And it's, I hear it a lot on my team at Yoga Healer. And it's whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And that's by Henry Ford. Uh, And it really speaks to really to the power of our mindset and 
how we can do what we want to do, ultimately what we think we can do and how to align to positive thinking. Wonderful. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Action Tribe, as we are learning in so many powerful episodes, irrespective of your circumstances, your background or where you are right now, your power of your mind is something that can lead you from where you are to where you want to go. And that's really the focus of so many of our episodes is how do you tap into the power of your mind and use it to enhance the quality of your relationships, your health, uh, your business, your lifestyle, everything. So thanks a lot for reminding us, Kate. Yeah, you bet. Thank you, Henry Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So what inspired you to write your book, Body Thrive? Oh my gosh. So Body Thrive came out of me getting tired of saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. And and I think that's a really great reason to write a book is when something's just so effective that for me as as a coach, as a yoga teacher, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, and as a course developer, I just found, you know, so many people with, you know, all the different health issues, whether it's, um, you know, had to do with not getting enough sleep, not eating well, not exercising enough, not understanding that you can't just snack all day long, but you have to eat real meals and eat in a quiet atmosphere. These really basic, basic, super basic, um, almost so mundane, we don't talk about them that much in modern day society or learn how to develop habits around them. There's these very, very basic rules of thumb for human beings. Uh, We're not written in a way that that really referred to you know some of the ancient texts in Ayurveda and yoga around them. And so I just basically wrote them down in 10 habits. Here's 10 habits that if you want to thrive in your body, you need to have. And they're like the most basic things. This is not like groundbreaking research. I mean, there's groundbreaking research in it. But in general, it's like aphorisms like early to bed, early to rise, make a man healthy, wealthy and wise. Why is that true? And how is that true from the Ayurvedic and yogic perspective, understanding not just on the physical level, but also on our subtle mental, emotional levels, how we can really thrive. So that's really why I wrote the book is got tired of teaching the same darn thing over and over again. And I wanted a way for my students to be able to teach their students. Mm-hmm. So I love that you mentioned that obviously you wanted to create a greater influence. Time is limited and you can't work with everyone individually. And so you decided to put all your thought, your work into a book. And I love that you focused on the basics and the tips and insights that sometimes and so true, they are the hardest to implement because people just don't know how to make that first start. And I love that you focus is on the foundations, the 10 habits. And then you also speak about not just the what, but the why and the how. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners are longing to maybe get a glimpse or an understanding of what that book really shares. But before that, what is your definition of Ayurveda? Ayu means life and Veda means to study. So in many ways, Veda also means to know. So to know this life, like how do we really know this life? Many of us, I find, take for granted that we have the most complex piece of technology under our skin, right? Mm -hmm. Held within our skin. And we wake up in it every single day. And for most of us, we don't actually know how to run the operating system. We don't know how to upgrade the operating system. We don't really know how to optimize what we've got under our skin, within our skin. And so, you know, so just that, just of like, hey, how do we wake up to what we've got and who we are is so much about, I think, what motivates me to to help others. So there you go, Action Tribe. Ayur means life. Veda means to know. And basically, it's a way 
of life. It's like a manual that you never received when you were born. And we tend to take life for granted. But this is that user manual that you can always refer to get advice in doing various aspects of your life that we're going to learn about more. Now, Kate, Ayurveda has been there for thousands of years. Given the world that we live in today, why should someone listening to this episode, this very moment, pay more attention to Ayurveda and Ayurvedic lifestyle and Ayurvedic philosophy as on today? It's interesting how far we've come from the basic stuff, right? And we see this in so many ways. Like we've come far from knowing the plants that we can eat that are growing outside our door, the weeds that are showing up in our yard that are more nutritive than the foods that are in the grocery store, right? We've gotten so far from earth-based wisdom and really from the natural. And when we talk about Ayurveda being know this life, it has a lot to do with understanding that you're part of nature. You were never separate from nature. So it happens in today's day and age. And I see this all the time. I teach courses for a living. Um, and people come into my courses that all have all sorts of health issues from autoimmune issues to, uh, you know, just to like low energy, chronic fatigue, stress, anxiety, depression. I mean, you name it, right? Like this is sort of the deal going on in today's day and age. There's a lot of people that are carrying waste in the tissue of their body and it's keeping them from experiencing a lot of energy and a lot of inspiration. And, and we know it, like we know when that we're carrying waste in our body and it's sometimes we call it fat, but it's really not fat. It's waste in our physiology that we're just carrying around day in and day out. And it's not just in our body, but it's in our mind and it's in our emotions and it ends up in our relationships. So at some point we decide we want to clean house. We decide we want to actually wake up and really live and find out what we don't know. And when we discover our Ayurveda, we start to learn that like, oh my gosh, I have a constitution that's individual to me. It's like an owner's manual to my vehicle. And when I learn about that, it's actually so much easier to thrive. You know, that's one basic reason is you just want to, you know, you just want to feel better physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Those are all very good reasons. You know, other reasons have a lot more to do with the subtler, higher levels of Ayurveda. It's like once we've got our health dialed in on all these different levels, we start to get really interested in manifestation. Mm-hmm. And right, we get really interested in like, oh my gosh, I'm a superhero, right? <laughs> Actually, and I can manifest, I can do really cool stuff. Yeah. And now that I know what some of my superpowers are, like I want to go out there and use them and I want to play with other superheroes and see what we can do to make the world a better place. So that then is like the next level of what happens when we're truly, you know, awake and embodied. Mm-hmm. So loved your response. I love your holistic perspective that you provide along with your background, as you shared earlier, of us as humans. We've begun to treat ourselves different, separate from nature. When somebody says you are essentially an animal, they'll be like, no, no, I'm not an animal. I'm a human. We've got super far from the earth-based wisdom, as you shared earlier. And the truth is we are part and one with nature. And Ayurveda, Action Tribe, gives you those oh my gosh moments that all of us are so looking for. So Kate, talk to us about seasonal rhythms and how they relate to overall health and wellness. The more we're in touch with nature, the more we're eating seasonally and living seasonally, we start to notice that like, wow, in the summer, I don't eat as much sleep. In the winter, I need a lot more sleep. In the summer, I only want to eat foods that are a little bit on the lighter, quick energy side. In the winter, I'm okay having like, you know, heavier, more slowly cooked foods. We start to notice that the body has natural cravings that are seasonal. And the more we are in tune with that, and the more we pay attention to that, the healthier we are. Each seasonal juncture gives our physiology, and and, and not just on the physical level, but also on the mental, emotional level, a time to like basically dump off the excess energies of the previous season. So for example, right now, where I'm at, it's like the end of spring, beginning of summer. Like we're just, I'm in a northern climate. It's pretty cold. So our spring happens really late compared to a lot of other places in in North America. And so we're just kind of getting out of 
this, you know, more or less famine type time in nature where there's not a lot of growth. And now all of a sudden there's a plenitude of green growth. And so if I'm eating seasonally, that means I'm eating like basically ridiculous amounts of chlorophyll right now. And what does that chlorophyll do? Well, it actually scrapes out, it scrapes away. Leafy greens have a bitter taste and an astringent taste, and they scrape away some of the accumulations of uh, fat from winter. Some of the heavier foods that we eat in the winter, they you know, put on, they help us insulate, they help us ground, uh, they help the body restore, but they're not so helpful in summer because in summer they provide a lot of, you know, a little extra on you provides a lot of insulation, which insulates heat, which makes you hot and irritable in summer. Ask anyone who's overweight how they feel in summer and it's not much fun because they're hotter, Mm. right? So in the springtime, if we're eating according to nature's rhythms and we're paying attention, we have lots of energy, lots of inspiration. We want to change things. We want to do things. It's the easiest time of the year to lose weight. It's actually the time of year that kids grow the most, Mm. right? We have the most, if you need to have a surgery, it's great to have it in the spring because you'll recover faster. Your body's building uh, a deeper energy, but it's also shedding what it doesn't need for the next season. So if anyone's trying to lose weight in the middle of winter, it's actually really, really hard because your body's naturally during this time trying to just rest and restore. It's not trying to shed, but you come into spring and it's very easy to shed. And if you don't do that and you need to shed weight, you'll end up with symptoms like sinus infections, or allergies or depression or, you know, mysterious symptoms that kind of come and go and change, uh, often including like a lack of appetite, something that's, you know, medically called anorexia, where you just don't really know what to eat. So you kind of lose interest in food. But I find in today's culture, because there's so much food addiction because of the chemical nature of our food, people will have that, not really know what they want to eat, but they'll eat anyways, and then they'll continue to make their situation worse. So that's just a little overview of how, you know, you can either align to the seasons. And if you do, you are actually preventing, you know, disease in the next season. There's a way of that you're actually offloading imbalances season to season that might accrue. So you don't develop long-term or uh, deeper diseases down the line. And if you ignore the seasonal changes and you just kind of eat the same thing year round to do the same thing year round, it's a great way to really uh, develop a sort of disconnect from the life force itself. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you're suggesting instead of trying, trying, trying to do something, you're learning how the nature cycles work and you're aligning yourself with the energies of nature, uh, thereby expending less energy on yourself. And I love that approach. And it sort of speaks to the fact that we are human beings, uh, not human doings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, nature is, I mean, we're built for efficiency, really. If we look at aging, people need less food as they grow up. We become more and more efficient. If you watch like a four-year-old, move and an 80-year-old move, the 80-year-old is incredibly efficient in, mm. in bodily actions. Whereas like the four-year-old, they're like, up, down, oh, they dropped it over here, oh, they're over here, oh, I forgot what I'm doing, I'm back over here. And they've expended like 200 calories in like, you know, half an hour. They are on the go. And as we get older, we get more efficient. We're supposed to get smarter as we get older. In Ayurveda, they say the chief cause of, of disease is not getting smarter as you get older. So it's called the failure of learning from your insight. Prajna parata is the, the term. And that word prajna means insight insight and parada means failure like you failed to learn, you failed to get more efficient as you get older, that's the number one cause of disease. So if you're not learning, like say you overate last night and you had too much to drink at dinner and uh, you stayed up too late watching TV and you went to bed and you woke up and you felt really crappy. And, you, and kind of when you woke up, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten so much. I shouldn't have drank so much. I shouldn't have stayed up so late, right? And you have that, <laughs> right? Well, then you do it the same thing the next night and the next night and the next, right? Then it's like, that's what we're talking about. And, and we all do that in really subtle ways. 
ways. Mm-hmm. And it really points to the way to age dynamically and inspired and connected is just get a little better day to day. Just do like a little, like 1% improvement day to day and expect miracles from that. Because now you're living in alignment. Now you're living in sync with nature and nature has more energy than you can ever need or imagine. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Love that. Now, moving on, what is yoga health coaching? Oh, yes. Basically, I was teaching people these basic things that we're talking about today. My students then wanted to help other people, you know, and they're all over the world because I, I teach primarily via teleconference and webinar online. And then we have meetups with retreats. And, and what happened is uh, students would train with me mostly in, in the, my Living Ayurveda course, and they would come out of it and they would say like, oh my gosh, my, you know, my family is healthier. My yoga students are healthier. My parents are healthier. Like everything's better. And now people are asking me to, to share this and I want to do it. And so I said, okay, let me help you guys do this in a way that's easy and very effective. So I designed yoga health coaching as a certification program to help mostly wellness providers. We do have some interesting, and now it's expanding. We're getting different kinds of people in there as well. But we've got like doctors and nurses and osteopaths and yoga teachers and body workers and nutritionists and really a whole mix of people that are already helping people. But then we also have people that are just like community leaders and parents that just want to improve their schools or kids' schools. They want to improve, you know, just what's happening in their region where they're living, right? And so what the system is, is it basically teaches them how to coach people into better habits, how to teach the 10 habits that are in Body Thrive uh, in a way that's very systematic and easy to adopt. And we use a lot of actually Western behavioral science coupled with the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda to help people get results really quickly. And so what we find, the habits are very, very simple. Like the first ones eat an earlier, lighter dinner. The second ones go to bed early and have a good evening routine before bed. The third one is start your day right, which includes hydrating. It includes actually opening your perspective to a larger perspective and eliminating so that when you start the day, you actually start connected to the subtle realm, connected to you and your life's dreams. Maybe if you have an orientation towards spiritual practices oriented towards that perspective and you're hydrated and you've pooped right? So just that, like you're actually set up to receive for that day. And most people don't, they don't carve out the time in the morning. And then there's a number of other habits that build on those. But honestly, like that kicks people off to a pretty good start. Now, I'm curious, how did you first encounter Ayurveda. Oh my gosh, this is such a great question. So, <laughs> and I actually found this little flyer of the very first lecture I went to the other day when I was going, I'm using uh, Marie Kondo's life-changing magic of tidying up in her second book, Spark Joy, to really like organize my my space. And I was going through my memorabilia and I found this little old flyer. I was already studying Ayurveda, studying it on my own. I came, initially came to Ayurveda. Like I said, I was in climate change politics and I realized I had to go into human consciousness studies. And that brought me a bit more into the domain of yoga. And then I started started looking for some sort of philosophical system that understood the relationship between human consciousness and uh, and planetary wellness that really connected humans to the planet. And I actually, it's kind of a funny story because at the time I was in my early 20s, I had studied Chinese language. I'd lived in China for partly as uh, part of my degree in international relations and understanding Chinese political economy as, you know, part of the like global energy issues. Uh, And I found that, you know, actually Ayurveda to me made it simpler and more articulate than Chinese medicine did, this connection between human consciousness consciousness and plant consciousness in the planet. It took me about, honestly, like 18 months to decide whether to go to Ayurveda (laughs) school or Chinese medicine school. But ultimately, I couldn't rectify, even though I had already had a huge investment in, you know, in Chinese versus Sanskrit, I just couldn't. To me, it was just Ayurveda just made it so easy to understand and so deeply connected to the level of human consciousness. And and yoga and Ayurveda have such well-developed words, basically, like semantics around Mm -hmm. humans and consciousness and conscious development that I had to go with Ayurveda. So then I was at the Montana Herb Gathering and there I met 
someone who was actually giving a, a little talk on Ayurveda. And I went to the first talk and I learned about my constitution. And I thought, are you serious? I could have known this when I was 10 years old and it would have changed my life. And I was learning it at 24. And that's when I knew like I had to learn everything I could. Wonderful. So it seems like there is a theme definitely to the experience that you've had. You started with climate change politics. You went into human consciousness studies. Then you went on to yoga. And then you wanted to study that sort of relates human consciousness to the consciousness of the entire planet. You wanted that all-encapsulating study. You had uh, studied about uh, Chinese teachings in the past and then you stumbled upon Ayurveda. You went to your first talk and then you felt like you could have really benefited from learning this amazing uh, body of knowledge much earlier. But I would say that 24 is still young and a lot of people are double the age and are still making changes. And to that, I would say it's never too late, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely agree. It's never too late. And some of these concepts are so basic that like in a lot of my trainings that we do is we try to make it so it's, it's really easy to teach children so that kids don't have to unnecessarily, you know, basically suffer levels of disconnection from their body or mind, that they learn how to run their body. They learn how to optimize their health uh, from a young age because it is that simple. And absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more that at any age, you can start at 90, you know, and it's, it's never too late to know yourself more and learn and feel better and more connected and more inspired. I just want to add that I love what you're doing because on one hand, you have people who focus on, you know, uh, spirituality and enlightenment, which is great, but that is more for the more experienced people. And if you're able to just teach a kid and give him or her a couple of techniques, strategies to reduce stress, to eat better, to inculcate those social values, all of which Ayurveda teaches, that I think is huge because you're impacting the child's future that would have repercussions into his or her adolescence and adulthood. So that's amazing, first of all. Oh, yeah, I think so too. I I mean, and I'm just so thankful that uh, there are these simple systems out there, you know, that that right now we have the benefit of the information age. And while there's a lot to sift through, Mm. It is often the most, you know, it's like building disciplines around the most basic stuff that makes the biggest difference is, is I think, a very worthwhile pursuit for humans right now. Wonderful. Now that we are officially transitioning into summer, at least in certain parts of the world, is there an Ayurvedic health tip that you'd like to share with our listeners? Something that they could implement today itself? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the biggest things in summer is you, you want to keep your physiology on the cooler side, especially if you're in a hot climate. So what that means is, is really eat and it's kind of obvious like we want to eat more salads in the summer but if our salads are mostly like iceberg lettuce or romaine we're not actually getting the benefit of the deep leafy greens that are the most cooling foods so really yeah so Mm. like the a lot of the cooling bitters are are much deeper green they have more chlorophyll in them and they often have more vitamins and and minerals and nutrients in them as well so i do really recommend especially in summer having a, a very simple green smoothie for breakfast just with a mix of dark leafy greens that could be anything like i actually use a ton of weeds and invasive weeds to this morning i have i live on land in idaho out in the country and there's weeds everywhere so today this was lamb's quarter and thistle blended with some let's see i had a, a little bit of watermelon oh no i did pineapple and apple today pineapple apple and then a bunch of greens water blended up and then that's after i exercise in the morning it's the first thing i drink and it gives me a cool body for the day uh, but also a lot of energy and a lot of chlorophyll and it's slightly cleansing. So that means that, you know, my body's just going to be a little bit more flexible. It's going to be a little bit more adaptable to, you know, what I'm going to eat later in the day. What you 
eat in the morning often really sets the tone for the rest of the mm-hmm. day, right? So if you get a lot of nutrients in for breakfast, you're going to crave more nutrients for lunch and dinner. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 121. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 121. In the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins. Not by strength, but by perseverance. This is a terrific quote by Jackson Brown. Action Tribe, if you look at water and a huge rock and you keep them side by side, 9 out of 10 times, people would say that the rock is stronger. And quite rightly so. The rock looks stronger on the outside. But waves of water, on the other hand, have qualities of flexibility, perseverance, and a never-say-die attitude. And even though initially it might seem like the stream might never break the rock over time as mr brown says it always wins and with that thought in mind kate take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge how did you initially look at the situation and then how did you overcome it yeah well my most recent major challenge happened when uh, yoga health coaching started to really grow globally and as it grew i had to become a ceo on a level that i wasn't <laughs> right mm-hmm. i had to learn how to to run a larger organization and and so it's it kind of goes back to to that Henry Ford quote of like whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right and I decided to just think hey if my people here are having all this great success and they want to grow and they want to they want to share more globally and and they want to expand like I've got to become the CEO who who can do that and and that always means whenever we're facing a challenge, it simply means we're breaking down old structures, right? We're breaking down old structures of development that really helped us get to where we are now, but they're no longer, (laughs) there's not an end game there. So they're no longer really serving us for where we need to go next. And so that's often painful and hard. But then when we we understand that that's what's happening, is that like, oh, something's going to have to break down for me to have a breakthrough, right? Something's going to have to deconstruct for the next level of my construction. If we understand that that's the system, then the next appropriate question is like, okay, what do I need to learn next? Or who do I need to become next? Or who do I need to learn from next? What kind of people do I need to hang around with next that already know how to do this? And so that's, for me, what it was about. Um, I joined a high-level training program that enabled me to be with the right people, have the right conversations, learn the right systems, read the right books, have the right conversations, watch the right webinars, uh, you know, grow the right kind of infrastructure to help me exactly where I'm at now. So I become an expert in asking for help and really just grinning and bearing it through the parts of like, okay, this is hard because I've never done this before, but I've done, you know, I've done so many things I never thought I could do before that I can probably handle this too. Wonderful. So looking back now at your life in just one sentence, based on what you just shared, what is it one life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? I'd say listen to your body. Your body really is the most intelligent thing in the universe. The more you pay attention to it, the smarter it is. So listen, pay attention and learn what you can about the simplest ways to optimize your health and hang out with people who are doing that. Wonderful. So you shared that your business, Yoga Health Coaching, started started to grow massively, which is amazing. And you realized that you had to become the CEO, you had to become a leader at a different level now. And due to the circumstances, obviously, I'm sure it was uncomfortable, it was hard, it was complex, it was challenging. But then within those challenges itself, you found your direction, you asked people questions, which I'm sure is so hard. I find it so hard to ask people questions to ask for support for ask for assistance, you took on the new programs that would 
help you take those new steps and add that level of structure so that your business can go to a completely new level. You let go of stuff that was not serving you and you say to our listeners, it's okay if stuff breaks down because like nature, like the metamorphosis of a butterfly, if stuff breaks down, it just means that you're moving on to the next level and sometimes pain allows us to create that story, allows us to create that platform that will not only help you grow, but will inspire others to see you and grow themselves. So thanks a lot for sharing. My pleasure. So Action Tribe, there are so many emotions that we go through on a daily basis. So many people that we meet, so many actions that we perform and so many feelings that we feel in such a situation. We might feel that we are in a never ending spiral and stuff is just happening randomly. In such a situation, remember to always take time for yourself daily to gather your thoughts, to feel grateful to be alive and know that you are here for a particular reason. Action Trigger, everything that is happening around you is happening to guide you towards your destiny because as Elizabeth Kubler-Ross so eloquently stated, learn to get in touch with the silence within yourself and know that everything in this life has purpose. There are no mistakes, no coincidences. All events are blessings given to us to learn from. So, Kate, as you look back at your life, the difference that you've made in people's lives, the challenges that you've come across, the memories that you've shared, was there ever a special moment beyond which you knew deep down that your life was about to change? I'd say that, you know, I'm feeling that more and more as a constant now that, uh, I think part of it is I've done, I think after any of us have done like a significant amount of, of growth work, whether that's I, I, usually part of it's on our own, like on the cushion or on the yoga mat uh, or the equivalent thereof. And then a certain level, it is always in groups where people can see stuff that we can't see in ourselves, right? Mm. And we hit a certain level where we've actually been in something that feels like a perpetual change cycle for a while. And then really it starts to feel like the sky's the limit. And that's really where I'm at now. Like, okay, I kind of get that it is, it's perpetually, you know, creating structures, breaking down structures for the next level of growth, paying a lot of attention to what is working, what people are wanting, uh, and, and being able to flex and, and bend uh, in order to create greater possibilities that, you know, weren't possible yesterday. And that, that to me is really where it's all happening right now. Does that kind of answer your question? It surely does, because as you rightly pointed out, change is the only constant. If we have our goals in place, if we take action, if we surround ourselves with the right people, we take the right courses, we're reading the right books, we might not notice what change is happening within us because we're looking at our same selves within the mirror. But after like eight years or 10 years, if we go to our old communities, go to our old place, the people around us might really get surprised because for the good, we have changed so that we can serve better and we have moved ourselves to the next level of transformation. And as you rightly suggested, you know, there's no level because we're always aspiring to go beyond what we currently are, aspiring to learn something new and to inspire people around us. That is truly an inspiring story that you shared. And this brings me to my favorite round, the wisdom round, which is basically four questions, rapid fire style. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. What is the best advice that you have ever received? To go for it. Perfect. Name a personal habit that keeps you strong. I do not go without at least 20 minutes of 
strong breath body practices to oxygenate and energize myself for the day. Awesome. So what is your morning ritual like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? Yeah, so I tend to wake up uh, on the early side sometime between about quarter of five and quarter of six. And I wake up, I hydrate, I eliminate, which means I poop. And then I, I know, right? A, a lot of people don't have that one down. And if that's a habit that makes all the difference in the world. And then I, and then because I'm hydrated and I have a lot of space in my body, I then am very inspired to go exercise. Right now, my exercise looks like I listen to rap and I go outside and I have a, a whole different set of weights. I've got foam rollers. I've got all sorts of super fun exercise equipment. And I do some sort of mix between like yoga and kickboxing and weightlifting and tactical bodyweight training and functional movement. It's like kind of the easiest way to describe it. And I have an awesome, super inspiring workout. And then I sit for a few moments afterwards and really just open to the day and, and open my awareness to what's possible. I then go around my yard, pick a bunch of weeds. I also grow plants, but I often right now, because the weeds are going crazy, I pick a bunch of weeds. I even will pick an extra, stick them in the dehydrator to have them in the wintertime because they're the most nutritive foods around. And then I... You know, I basically take a shower, I oil massage my body, either as part of my shower or lightly afterwards, get dressed and I have my green smoothie. That's more or less the beginning. Wonderful. Now, what is the most powerful book that you ever read and you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, it's interesting because I just got my hands on one that's just totally knocking my socks off and it's called Mastering Leadership. And the reason it's knocking my socks off is it's it's combining so many past theories I've read about and really taking the conversation to the next level. So I tend to be more like that. I'm always, I'm very interested in what's happening. I'm very, I have a strong futuristic tendency. So I really like to know like what's actually emerging in human consciousness. And that book was recommended to me by uh, by someone who's in a, in a, helping me with this leadership training. It's newly released and it's just unbelievable. I'm learning so much so quickly. Wonderful. I've recently heard in, I think, a podcast that successful people and athletes don't look at the ball. They look at where the ball is going. Yeah. And it's so obvious that you are looking at where the ball is going. Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash one to one. That's my7chakras.com forward slash one to one. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. As we record this show, Action Tribe, it is International Yoga Day. So, Kate, what advice do you have for our listeners, people who have just come across yoga, or beginners, or even experts alike? What advice do you have for our tribe? Yeah, so if you're really wanting to get into yoga, I used to tell this to my yoga students all the time when I was teaching public yoga classes, is you're actually mm-hmm. much better off staying at home, rolling out your mat, and doing 10 sun salutations a day, every day, before you eat breakfast, than you are going to class once a week. That will have a much deeper, long-lasting effect on your life and it'll actually motivate you to go to class to learn. And it sets you up for just opening your body every single morning as just part of how you start the day. It's not hard. It doesn't take long. But get in the habit of doing it daily. Wonderful. Thanks once again for sharing those wonderful stories, that wonderful insights and advice that you did. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're super grateful for today and tell us the best way we can find you. Yeah, I am super grateful for technology today that we can have this conversation. I know when I was first learning Ayurveda and all you have to do is type into a search engine and you get more than you could ever absorb. I am so grateful for information and uh, and the technology to use it and the kind of conversations that AJ and I had today. Uh, to find out more, you, actually, if you want to learn more about Ayurveda, just go to yogahealer.com. Uh, right on the homepage is a free Ayurveda video training. Uh, and if you can't find it, just go to yogahealer.com forward slash Ayurveda, 
A-R-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A dash training. So that's Ayurveda dash training. Shukit, I believe that uh, you also had something special for our listeners at yogahealer.com forward slash seven chakras. Yes, exactly. Yeah, go there and find out what awaits. I just love this. You probably do too, AJ, like how easy it is to make really good videos and PDFs. I, a lot of my cheat sheets, people are tip sheets. They print them out and they put them on their refrigerator and it makes it so easy to just get some like really distilled wisdom to implement right away. So if you go to that link, you're going to find some great, great goodies awaiting you. So Action Tribe, if you listen so far, it means that you're really interested in learning more about how you can change your life using yoga, using Ayurveda, embracing a new philosophy, a way of life, not just tactics, but a way of life so that you can change not only yourself, but the people around you. And if you want to learn more, go to yogahealer.com forward slash seven dash chakras. That's yogahealer.com forward slash seven dash, not underscore dash chakras because there's a special something awaiting you there. We'll have this link in the show notes as well. So kid, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of Ayurveda and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Oh, thank you, AJ. It's been fun. Seven Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.